1: Now that vaccinated Americans are out and about, get ready for those seasonal viruses to come back. Physicians' assistants vote to change their title, and Dr. B promised to match leftover vaccine doses to recipients. But who did the service help? It's all coming up on today's episode of GIST Healthcare Daily. It's Monday, June 7th, and I'm Alex Olgan with GIST Healthcare Daily where you get the headlines in health business and policy news in under 10 minutes. If you like the podcast, please leave us a rating or a review. It helps other listeners find the show. Physician assistants will soon be called physician associates. The American Academy of Physician Assistants voted to change the official title of PAs in late May the AAPA said the name change had been a long time coming. In 2018, the group hired a marketing firm to come up with a new title and help brand the profession to position PAs to compete in the fast-changing healthcare landscape. The physician assistant was created in the 1960s to address the shortage of primary care physicians, and the profession grew rapidly. In 2020, there were an estimated 140,000 PAs across the country. The Bureau of Labor Statistics estimates the profession will continue to grow quickly, an estimated 31 percent over the next decade due to the aging population and growing demand for healthcare. The AAPA estimates the title change will take years to implement, and it won't be cheap either. It will cost an estimated $21.6 million. Reaction has been swift. The American Medical and Osteopathic Associations said the new title of physician associate would mark another step toward pursuing independent practice, and the groups claim the new title will further confuse patients. GIST Healthcare co-founder Dr. Elisa Belomovich isn't so sure that will be much of a problem.
2: Most patients are not likely to parse a nuanced distinction between physician assistant and physician associate. The reality is that in a growing number of states, physicians' assistants and other advanced practice providers can practice autonomously. And what's important is for doctors and APPs to collaborate on delivering the best quality care rather than quibbling over titles. For the
1: rest of today's news, I'm going to turn it over to contributor Maya Croft.
2: If there's been an upside to the COVID-19 pandemic, it's that the global shutdowns and widespread mask wearing all but eliminated cold and flu season last year. Now that vaccinated Americans are taking off their masks and going back to work and school, some health experts say we should get ready for those seasonal viruses to make a big comeback. According to a report in Stat News, some parts of the country are already seeing the signs. Doctors in Utah are reporting 10 times the usual amount of pediatric cases of respiratory syncytial virus, or RSV, a common virus that can be dangerous for young children. While COVID lockdowns protected us from cold and flu bugs, they may have also left us more vulnerable, since we don't have the immunity that comes from fighting off last season's strain. The effect is especially pronounced in kids. When Hong Kong reopened its schools last fall, Stat reported that children came down with more colds than usual and their symptoms were more severe. Some even had to be hospitalized. The flu, on the other hand, usually spreads through international travel. With many countries still closed to visitors and some air routes still on pause, it's unclear when exactly the next killer flu season will strike. In the meantime, some Americans are planning to keep up their COVID-era hygiene habits and make face masks an essential fall fashion accessory now that we've learned how effective they are at limiting the spread of respiratory viruses. Remember Dr. B, the health startup that promised to connect Americans with leftover vaccine doses before they went to waste? The company was profiled by the New York Times and other major outlets back in March, and millions of anxious vaccine hunters signed up for its waitlist. As MIT Technology Review reported this week, about 2.5 million people handed over their personal information to Dr. B, including their name, birth date, and whether they have conditions like asthma or cancer. Three months later, it's unclear how many people were actually helped by the service. Even more worrying, the company's not saying what it plans to do with that data. Dr. B hasn't disclosed how many people it matched with vaccine appointments, and the tech review reporter couldn't find any success stories. Neither could Salon. Despite the hype, the company had only inked partnerships with a tiny fraction of the vaccine providers across the country. Founder of the online appointment booking service ZocDoc, Cyrus Masumi created Dr. B in January. He told media outlets he was funding the venture himself, and it's not clear how it makes money, since neither users nor providers pay for the service. Because it's not a healthcare provider, Dr. B isn't subject to HIPAA rules that protect patient privacy. That means the company could be legally free to sell that personal data to third parties. Dr. B's privacy policy assures users it won't do that. But as law professor Eric Goldman told Salon, when you create a honey product like that, everyone wants a piece of it. And now that vaccines are widely available to anyone who wants one, Dr. B's value is questionable. And yet, the company has no plans to shut down, unlike similar efforts that cropped up during those panicky months of the vaccine rollout. Masumi told the MIT Technology Review he's looking to what's next, possibly working with mobile vaccination clinics or taking the service overseas, where vaccine rollouts are slower. For Just Healthcare, I'm Maya Croth.
1: Thanks for listening to GIST Healthcare Daily. I'm Alex Olkin. You can check out more insights on healthcare business and policy news on gisthealthcare.com. GIST Healthcare Daily is an independent production of GIST Healthcare.